Welcome to the Worship Place podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. Verses 1 through 6. How long? Yep, that's it right there. That's the problem. <laughs> when the day is of the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day, no wonder we have this kind of disconnect. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. You just read a good old-fashioned praying through. I want to preach praying through your pain. Precious Lord, we thank you for the word of the Lord today, and we believe and pray that you're in this place to minister to people who are in pain, and that you're going to bring them through pain to praise in Jesus' name, and we give you the thanks. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Smile at someone. Sunday school is dismissed. Nursery is available. I can, I think I can describe most of our relationships with Jesus Christ in two words. It's complicated. (laughs) That there is the Facebook meme that people use when they don't know what to say about whether they're in love, out of love, going steady, not going, what, up, down, dating, talking. Complicated. Say it. Say it with me. It's complicated. Complicated. Any about the time you think you know God. You throw your hands in the air and say it's complicated. We are creatures of flesh. He is spirit. We are of earth, earthly. He is in the heavenlies. We are travelers through time. He inhabits eternity. 
Should it be any real surprise that sometimes we throw our hands in the air and misunderstand God and can't detect what he's doing and grow frustrated and say, how long? When you're experiencing pain beyond belief, this is what the Lord wants you to know. You need to believe that there exists a God beyond your pain. I'm going to say that again. When and if you're experiencing pain beyond belief, don't despair because there exists a God on the other side of your pain. I want to say to somebody who's hurting this morning, I don't know if people put a hurting on you. I don't know if the devil put a hurting on you. I don't know if uh, uh, physically your body's just breaking down under the pressure of time and life. But I want to say to somebody on the other side of what happened to David was a glory and a rejoicing and a breakthrough. And if you can somehow learn how to pray through your pain, <clears throat> I don't know what it is about us. We just want to stop when we're hurting. We don't want to pray when we're hurting. We don't want to worship when we're hurting. We don't want to give it all we got when we've been taking a blow or two. But if we can get on the other side, if we can pray, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe there's somebody that believes um, that you don't wait till the battle's over. You start, you shout now. You don't have to wait till the victory is fully completed. You can begin to celebrate your triumph in Jesus Christ right now in the name. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this house. <clears throat> God desires for us to learn how to pray through our pain because there is power in pain-driven prayer. Hmm. You've heard of the purpose-driven life. Have you ever heard of the pain-driven prayer? Pray, pain-driven prayers don't back up for nobody. Pain-driven prayers are like locomotives. Uh, amen. Once you get them going, it's hard to stop. Praise God. When, when pain is driving your prayers, it has a way of pushing you to the limit. It's no wonder that he uses the language, how long, O Lord? Very similar to the language Jesus used in the pain-driven prayer. It wasn't just a pain-driven prayer on Calvary. It was the pain-driven prayer of all prayers. Yeah. Eli, Eli, lama sapatani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can I tell you something? The cry of alienation is an invitation. Philippians 3 and 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Don't you know when you're hurt and you cry out to God, you enter in to communion with the one who hurt the most and cried the hardest. Amen. For the agony of the human race, I want to tell you, you are not alone in your pain. That I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Somebody touch him in your pain. 
Somebody cry out to God in your pain. Somebody say, oh, Lord, you know it hurts, and it's been a long time, but I've got to get something from God today. Hallelujah. And so a man found a cocoon of a butterfly. One day a small opening appeared in the cocoon. Fascinated, the man sat and watched the butterfly for several hours, struggle and struggle and struggle as he tried to break out of his chrysalis home. So the man felt compassion on the butterfly. It wasn't making any progress, and it looked like it had given up. So he took a small pair of scissors, and he clipped the opening of the cocoon. Quickly, the butterfly rushed out into open spaces. But even though he got out of the cocoon, something that was supposed to happen didn't happen. He didn't fly. The butterfly groped around on the ground with a swollen body and shriveled wings. You see, the well-intentioned man trying to help the butterfly escape the cocoon doomed it to a short life and a life that would never spread its wings and fly. As much as we want to live on easy street, as much as we want to smile and rejoice all the time, as much as we want our life to go easy, Sometimes God says, we've got to pray through a broken heart and a wounded life and a messed up family and a terrible circumstance. Otherwise, we'll end up with swollen bodies, shriveled wings, too much flesh, no spirit. Come on, we got enough body, we got enough flesh. Uh, amen, we need to have some wings uh, so that we can mount up with wings as eagles uh, and begin to soar in the hope. You know where you get your wings? You get it in the struggle. You get it in the heartbreak. You get it in the brokenness. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody, somebody's got some wings. I know you do. I know what you've been through, and I know what it does to you. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so your journey through pain will pass through at least four howlongs. You could count them there four times. The writer said, how long? How long will you forget me, O Lord? You know, that's a pretty heavy charge against the covenant-making God. Try not paying your rent for a month. Phone's going to ring. Someone on the other end of the contract is going to say, how long? You know what a covenant is? It's an agreement. You know what a covenant with God is? It's an agreement that's binding till death do you part. And so when the writer says, how long, oh Lord, uh, amen, are you going to let this go on? See, see pain... What he was suffering was the pain of what appeared to be God not keeping his promise. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because, first of all, you won't be honest. Secondly, 
I, I know the answer already. You live for God any length of time, and there's going to come moments in your experience where you're wondering, when is God going to do what His Word promised He would do if I believe Him? Come on, somebody that knows what I'm talking about. Give the Lord a shout. So when we pray through our praying, what we're doing is we're praying past, uh, amen, that spirit of accusation that wants to call God to account. And we want to do what Deuteronomy 29 and verse number 2 through 6 and verses 12 and 15. Let me read it for you in the uh, NIV. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, to all his land. With your own eyes you saw those great trials, those signs and great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a mind that understands, nor eyes that see, nor ears that hear. I don't know how this happens, but so, how many of us have been through miraculous moments and somehow we still don't have eyes to see and ears to hear? Oh, hallelujah. Yet the Lord says, during those 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out. Nor did your sandals uh, on your feet, nor you ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord. Be careful when you start asking God to account for time. How long? The Lord says, uh, you know what? Anyone remember the old-fashioned uh, old Sundays we used to do you know, years ago? What if we did this, 40-year-old t-shirt Sunday? Does anyone have a 40-year-old shirt? Don't put your hand up, keep it down. It might be dust in the furniture today. But my point is this, how long, how long does it take for a shirt to wear out? God can make it last longer than that. How long, how long does it take for a pair of shoes to wear out? God can make it last longer than that. How long, how long can you go without eating a bread? God can make you go longer than that. What are we talking about here? How long? Hey, man, I want you to know something. God, this, how long can we be the recipients of God's consistent oversight and blessing and still be blind and deaf to all the things that he has done? You're sitting here waiting on him. Maybe, just maybe, he's waiting on us. Somebody needs to think of a time or two that God came through when you didn't think he would or could and give him some praise. Watch this. Verse 12, you're standing here in order to enter into a covenant with the Lord your God. A covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing it with an oath. To confirm you this day as his people that he may be your God as he promised you and as he swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am making this covenant with this oath not only with you 
who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord, but also with those who are not here today. We talk a lot about generational curses. It's time to learn how to release generational blessings. And the way you release generational blessings is you pray through your pain until you renew your promise to keep God's promise. And together the covenant is renewed and the next generation has something they can look forward to. I want us to pray a generation, uh, a blessing on the next generation and the generations to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, our children and their children and their children's children, under the day of your return, we release uh, uh, blessings uh, of those that aren't even here yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God made a promise to the unborn. I said God made a promise to the unborn. Isn't it a strange irony that 50 years after, 50 is the jubilee number. 50 is the set free number. 50 years after Roe v. Wade was enacted at the Supreme Court, now it has been dissolved away. Maybe we are in the last days. Maybe God is up to something. Maybe trials won't last always. Maybe the devil has been hamstrung. Maybe there is a future for the church. Maybe America's going to have revival. Listen to this. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born shall be called the Son of God. If an angel calls a fetus in a womb the Son of God. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a revival coming to America in the name of Jesus. Amen. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. My, my, my. How long? How long will you hide your face? For God to hide his face. Think of that statement in the, in the context of Numbers 3 and 24 and through 26. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That was said over the children of Israel day after day after day. When they got up in the morning, when they laid their head down at night, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. How long are you going to hide your You know what that's really? That is the blessing that God put on the children of Israel. To say you're hiding your face is to say, God, how long are you going to go without blessing me? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord. Did you just shut off the spout where the glory comes out? 
How long am I going to go without receiving another blessing? You want to know the answer? You'll go as long as it takes until you learn how to pray through a power outage. I appreciate my wife. You know it takes a lot of guts to stand up here and wait on the people of God to respond to the move of the Holy Ghost without caving into the pressure. How long? Do you know how to pray through a power out? You know when the power goes out at home, what do you do? Okay, one goes for the candles, another goes for the flashlight. You go for the generator. You fill up the water bottles. You get, you put out the call. No flushing if you're on a well. Everybody goes into action when the power goes out. What happens when there's a little power surge, when there's a little power depletion in the kingdom of God? Hmm, I think I'm, I don't know what's wrong with the church. What if you're what's wrong with it? Why wait until other people set the stage just right so it'll be easy for me to get a hold of God? Don't I know what to do when the power goes out in his house? Can anybody? Oh, hallelujah. Do you know what to do when it looks like the preacher's dropping the watermelon? I'll tell you what to do. Get on board. Shout with him. Preach with him. Worship with him. Next thing you know, he'll get back on track and the Holy Ghost will take over and something glorious will begin to happen. Oh, hallelujah, how long? I'll tell you how long. I won't wait another day. It doesn't matter to me what you do, God. I've made up my mind. I'm going to pray through a power outage. If it comes, I'm going to still worship God. Third, how long? How long will I take counsel in myself? Having sorrow in my heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, give yourself a break. It is possible to encourage yourself in the Lord as long as you don't do it from a broken and wounded heart. But the danger of being your own counselor when you've gone through a devastating, heart-wrenching tragedy is if you're not careful, you will release things that shouldn't be said. And you can start a negative feedback loop and create a negative snowball effect and undo what you think you're trying to do, not because you're bad, but because you have a wounded heart. Let me say this. The coping mechanisms that you used before you got saved to make it through the day worked for you when you were lost they work against you sometimes after you're saved let me just give you three real quick examples denial any of you ever been in denial don't deny it 
You know you have. Denial. It's a mechanism that you just, you just, the circumstance is so bad and so distasteful and so devastating that you just tune it out. And you don't even go there. Did you know it's possible to come to church in the spirit of denial? Did you know it's possible to be in the presence of God and be in the spirit of denial? King Saul, Samuel's a little bit late, shows up, says, say, Saul, how things go? Oh, yeah, we took care of it. We took care of the enemy. We slaughtered all their stuff. We did what you said. Oh. You did, huh? Oh, yeah, brother. But what's the sound of them cattle lowing out? What does that I hear? Sounds like old McDonald had a farm. Oh, well, 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 well. Did you know he lost his future? Why, why, because he was in a spirit of denial in the presence of God before the prophet. This is no place to hide anything from God. If you want out of your sorrow, you got to come on us with the Lord and show him where you're hurt. Oh, karama. Show him where you're hurt. Show him where you're hurt. Number two, repression. It's sort of like denial. It buries the feeling so deep inside that you're never going to let it see the light of day. Kind of like David's elder brother, Eliab. He was certain that that auspicious moment when all of Jesse's sons were paraded before the prophet and he asked, none of these will do. Do you have any others? Oh, yeah, we got David. He's out on the field. And doo, 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 doo. he anointed him as the next king of Israel. And that was that. So Eliab thought, no one knows, no one saw, no newspaper report, no internet, no Twitter. Get back to the field. Years go by, tending sheep, doing the mundane work. Eliab, big brother, goes off to war. He's decorated as a battle hero. David shows up packing a lunch, driving the catering truck. And then he starts asking questions. Who's going to take on this big Goliath guy? Come on, Eliab. You're big. Bigger than me. So big, the prophet almost thought it was going to be you and not me. You mischievous, evil little punk, would you shut up? Just about the time that Eliab least expected it, just let the right giant come out of the closet. And the thing that you thought would never happen, happened. David steps forth and God anoints him to take the giant down. And his destiny is evident and sealed. What I'm trying to tell you is, it ain't over till it's over. I don't care how long. You've been waiting for God to do what you need him to do. Just because he hasn't done it doesn't mean he won't. All right, projection. Project, when you project, what you're doing is you blame other people for the faults that you have in your own self. Be careful if you're real good at detecting faults of other people. The reason is you're so good at that is you know how it works. Take the prodigal's older brother. 
He comes home from this devastating life experience, lost everything. He's disheveled. He's dirty. He's filthy. He's shameful. And his and they throw a party for him, and the elder brother won't come, and dad goes out there to fetch him, and he says, I'm not going. That son of yours, he spent all his money on prostitutes. How did he know? The Bible doesn't say that he went out and spent his money on prostitutes. How does the elder brother know that? Projection. devil wants us to blame each other for the things that have lapsed in our own lives. The Bible says when you restore a fallen brother back to faith again, you consider your own faults, not theirs, yours. Oh, hallelujah. I'm tired of taking my own advice. Somebody, will you say it? I'm tired. I'm tired of taking my own advice, especially when my heart hurts. You give yourselves bad advice when you're heartbroken. And so David said, I'm going to pray through this pain. And on the other side of this pain, I'm going to rejoice. Oh, yeah. He said it. The last part of that song, he said, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise God because he's dealt bountifully with me. You need to talk about what God, we get so strung out on what God hasn't done that we forget to speak by faith and tell him what he's going to do and what you're going to do. I'm going to thank you now for what you're going to do tomorrow, Lord. That's basically what he's saying. I'm praying through this herd, and I'm going to quit taking my own advice, and I'm going to start praising you now for what you're going to do tomorrow because I know that help is on the way. Would you stand with me and begin to praise him today for what God is going to do tomorrow in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my God, in the in the name of Jesus, we thank you. 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 Come on, if you have heartbreak, if you have health problems, if the devil's been attacking you, if you're all alone, if you're just about to commit suicide or give up on God, I want you to know if you'll praise him now. I got to read it. The word of God is quick and powerful. He said it this way, but I have trusted in thy mercy, and my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hand. Somebody, somebody praise your way through it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. David danced before the Lord with all of his might, not because the ark was home, but because it was on its way. I want to tell somebody, if you'll just let go, quit taking your own advice, quit listening to a broken heart. 
Come on, quit complaining and just begin to celebrate what God is going to do, what God is doing now, what God promised he would do. Renew the covenant of worship with the Lord right now in Jesus' name. He's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. Do we have any shouters? Do we have any worshipers? Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. I don't feel like it. That's when we need to do it. Hallelujah. 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 I'd like us to gather up here that we'll just lift your hands right in the front. Come on, let's renew the covenant. Remember when you told the Lord, I don't care what happens. I don't care who comes and who goes. I don't care whether I live or die. I don't care whether I'm sick or well. I don't care whether I have a lot or have little. I'm going to be a worshiper. Come on. Remember when other folk in the church wanted you to shut it down, but you said to yourself, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to stop praising God. I am going to be a worshiper. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to take your brother by the, uh, by the elbow and lift his hand. I want you to find someone to lift up their hands like Aaron and her did to Moses. And I want to hear you. I want you to know this. Well, it's not just while you lifted your hand, but it's while someone who loved you helped you lift up your hand, you prevail over the enemy. Oh, not by my hands alone, not by my strength alone, but when you take me by the hand and help me lift up my hand, hell doesn't stand a chance. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus.